are here with the amazing da -da -da -da, Amber Elliott. Good morning. So she is one of the busiest ladies in Houston. She doesn't go to one or two events a day. She goes to like five or six events a day covering fashion, art, society, who's doing what, where they're doing it, and you're in the mix of all of it. What a dream job. Thank you. I'm gonna give a little history about you because you're pretty much a badass. So, you have dabbled in a lot of industries. You were in public relations. You had special event experience. You, I don't know if you know this, but I was a journalism major too. Oh, cool. Yes, and I went to A&M. You had a little bit of time at A&M. One year stint, yeah. And um, you went to Texas State. In, yes, Round Rock. Yeah. Yes. And, okay, now here's the really impressive stuff. Condé Nast Traveler, Style.com, Hamptons Magazine, Rob's favorite, The Wall Street Journal, and Vogue. She worked at Vogue. I did. So is the movie The Devil Wears Prada real? I mean, in some ways it's exactly how it was, but in other ways I feel like working there for real was a little bit tougher. <laughs> Um, Tougher I, than the movie? Yeah, I think what they captured, you know, was I didn't realize, I mean, when you think about fashion girls, you think about just going to fashion shows and lunches, and it's not really like that. I mean, you know, because I, I mean, I was really young when I started there, and so our whole job was to set up before the editors got there, so we would be there 7, 7.30, and then, you know, you're there until the job is done. There is no 9 to 5. That doesn't, that doesn't make any sense to them. You're there until it's done. So a lot of times during busy seasons, you know, I'd be there till one in the morning and then my boss would expect, you know, my behind in the seat the next morning. We don't celebrate a victory. I mean, we just keep going. And so I think um, that was a bit of reality check in a good way. Like you learn um, work ethic, you, yeah, a work ethic, a schedule. Um, but other things they got exactly right. And I know a former assistant wrote it, but like there was a book. Um, twice I got to take the book, never to Anna, unfortunately, but like her driver would take me to other editors' homes to drop it off. And it's such an honor, you know, to have it that like you're happy to wait, but it's also really hard <laughs> to yes. sit, you know, in the office when your friends are at dinner until eight, you know, or 10 at night. Like, but that's what it called for. So I'm really thankful for that. I wasn't there for that long, but I'm really thankful for that experience. Like, I really, I think it shaped my career and just changed the trajectory of, you know, my whole life. So. And so did you really dress up every day and did you wear heels or because sneakers weren't in style no. back so, then and I heard from another woman that worked at Vogue that it was looked down upon if you were not stylish. Yeah, so yes and no. Mm -hmm. One, um, Anna Wintour like herself is a big fan of recycling outfits. Like every season, you know, she gets new clothes, but they're extraordinary clothes. You know, we're not talking about going to Zara and getting 50 things. We're talking about, you know, like high fashion, couture. So maybe wow. five or six things. So she's a big fan of, she will wear the same thing every week, like a Monday outfit, a Tuesday outfit, and then just recycle them. And so that was wow. encouraged. However, that's sneakers were not. And so we all kind of had an idea of when she was coming in, if she were, you know, like in Paris for the week, then uh -huh. we might be a little bit more chill, throw uh -huh. on a few more jeans than we normally would. Uh -huh. But I mean, it was, in my under my little desk I might have like four or five shoe options just in case you need to run into a meeting then I would definitely put a pair of heels on and then there was a quote that I'm looking for but I'm not finding it in my notes about yeah. you give it back in a better condition than when you received oh. it oh so this is you were on a fashion shoot with me 
Uh -huh. um, I was very fortunate that one of my first fashion shoots at Vogue was, I think, um, it was the 10th anniversary of the CFDA. Oh, um, yes. Which, it was in a different format than it uh -huh. is now. Mm -hmm. um, but there was a runway show, uh -huh. and I was, my editor was Lauren Howell, who some people might know. She was on the hills for a little bit. She'd come Yay. in for shoots, and now she does more for Architectural Digest. But uh -huh. she came in, and then um, her assistant, Jessica. And so there was a team of us in this little... Um, studio working on the CFDA show for weeks. It's on Spring Street across the street from Mark Jacobs' office, which is really ah! cool. But um, so when we first started and we would get racks upon racks of clothes to go uh -huh. through for this um, shoot and runway show, and Jessica told us, and I will never forget this, she said, this is Vogue. We return things in better condition than we received them. And that means we don't throw anything away. We, we keep track of the box that it was delivered to us in, the tissue paper. We don't throw the tissue paper away. We fold it so we can put it back in that tissue paper. Like, it, it just taught me, like, we're precious with what people have given us. And so I, I've been at other places where you throw things on a rack, you throw things on the floor. Like, you kind of, at the end, it's a mad scramble to get things back. And that was not the way it was done there. And that's kind of always stuck with me. I can be a bit of a stickler on a photo shoot, but I realized that, what a lot of people have given me is very precious. In some cases, there's only one of that thing, and I take it very seriously. And so whenever possible, I try to send it back in the same, if not better, condition than I got it. Okay, so let's talk about the photo shoot we did together. Yes, photo shoot. Speaking of one of a kind, I don't know it was the Oscar dress came for the photo yeah. shoot. I don't know that it was one of, the kind, of a kind, but it was one of very it was few. the runway sample. Oh my gosh. And that I have chills. I get chills over fashion. Do you yeah, still get chills? I do. I do. And just seeing it and it was in, and it's such an orchestration and we show yeah. up, you were there at six in the morning. We wanted to get the light. I mean, yeah. it's not glamour. It's schlepping and yeah. your car broke down. The oh my gosh. Like real life interferes with the dream. We like to say that the worse the prep, the better the shoot. And so the <laughs> night before that shoot, my car broke down. My photographer had just gotten off a plane. She'd been um, in Central or South America for a month. Um, her car didn't start. I'd come here and thankfully you had the force. to would be like, I will just bring everything to the shoot. On my last pickup, I went to start my car in nothing and I had you know I'd gone to like four places between then um and I couldn't start my car I couldn't open the trunk um it was it, it was <laughs> it was the because I mean everything is set you know people are coming like there's no pushing it back there's no delaying it there's no changing a time um and yes so the dress that we got from Oscar was a beautiful um gown that probably cost more than my first car straight off the runway sample um just you know huge train em embroidered flowers um and what's cool to me about runway samples is you know that's the way that the designer has envisioned it exactly by the time it comes to the stores you know a buyer from Bergdorf or Neiman might say we'd like that but maybe a few inches shorter or like we would add a belt my buyer doesn't wear black she wants it in pink so I like getting a sample because you're getting what the designer envisioned in purest form and I think that's why it's so special. I don't know if you could see, but the shot that we did on the staircase, that was going to be our cover shot, but drama there. Um, <laughs> myself and two assistants are crouched behind the photographer, um, and I started crying during that shot. It was just oh. so beautiful. I think, like, 
when everything clicks like that, like I said, everyone's car broke down. Like, you know, Oscar accidentally sent one thing wrong. Something had to be overnighted, like to the shoot. But when everything like clicks into place because the preparation is there, it's just so beautiful. You could tell that the model was really, you know, like feeling herself, feeling the dress she had on beautiful jewelry, some one of a kind pieces from like Velobra, um, that they loaned to us. Um, Gentry Kelly did a beautiful job with the photo shoot. And you know when you just like everything clicks into place and it's exactly how you visioned it, um, but maybe a little bit better. And I just, I probably cry once on every shoot. And it's usually when something is so beautiful, I just can't take it. And that was that moment. And the hotel itself is hotel. just incre incredible. So Magical. it's La Column d'Or, which is, yeah. it, it is a Texas landmark. Yeah. And the Zimmerman family went in and refurbished it. And the art is what really moved me. And the way Truly. that they combined modern with vintage, mm -hmm. which I think is also a reflection of what I see so much in style. Yes. You are a vintage girl, but I you wear it in girl. a way that looks modern. And I think that's what some people are like. When I remember when I left the family business to become the vintage contestant, they're like, you're going to sell old bags. I'm like, well, mm. kind of, but not really. Yeah. So tell us about like how how do you combine new and old? Like what do you and are you the one that is like on the biggest trend? Because you seem like you included mm. things that are cutting edge, but they also seem really classic. Yeah. One of the highest compliments I think I got from that photo shoot was from Jen Braverman, the interior designer who um decorated or designed, I don't know the proper term, like all the amazing bungalows that we shot in. Uh, and that's a really good example of vintage meets new because there was that amazing like orange leather modular uh, sofa, but you know, mixing with very new chrome um, pieces and, and lucite. And like, that's how I think of dressing, I guess, like being a, a girl growing up like in Cyprus, like there are a couple shopping malls and a couple of boutiques, <laughs> but you know, there isn't a whole lot of high fashion. And so I think like, for me, it was a mixture of looking at Vogue, so I'd get like an idea of what was coming, but also looking at maybe like a Vanity Fair or a town and country. And a lot of what's featured in those pages is heritage, things that people have collected over the years. So when I think of vintage or consignment, I don't think old, I think collected. And I think Love a really that. good wardrobe mm -hmm. is layered. So mm -hmm. like I might like down, it's fashion week. So I'm kind of looking at what's coming out on the runway and thinking like, you know, who are we after the pandemic? You see a lot of utilitarian, you might see a few more comfortable materials than we've seen in the past because we we're all like sitting at home and we're on our couches. And so comfort has more of like a precedence or importance than it's had um, in the past. So there's a little bit of newness, like what do I want to buy that's, that's new to add my wardrobe, but I still want to look like me. And some things, I don't like the word classic. I like timeless, like something yes. that um, just comes back. Like in a really good example, you have some, or like the Dior saddle bag. Like when I yes. first saw it on Sex and the City, when Sarah Jessica Parker had it, it was so new. Um, but now they've reissued it and kept the exact same shape and just added new prints and styles and colors. And I think... And show us your... My baguette. Fendi baguette. Yeah. That was a whole episode. So I think something that's built really well never goes out of style. You can just build upon it. You can put it away and like bring it back. Um, I love an it bag. This is like a, a Fendi baguette that I bought on the real real. I like it because it's an unusual colorway. You can hear my mints jiggling. <laughs> yes. Um, but it's like it's a cashmere wool, and like if you look really closely, there's little F's 
like in it, like in a so lighter color. So it's not like in your face logo mania, but like if you know what it is, then then you know what it is, and it goes with everything. I tried to wear all vintage for you today. So this is like a two piece vintage Missoni set and um, some vintage Prada um, sandals that I got this summer and like promptly destroyed. I took them to the beach, but it's worth it. I think like clothes are meant to be like lived in. I'm not, you know, precious with my things, just other people's things. Um, but I like to, I like to wear my stuff. I think it, you know, deserves to be out in the world and it puts me in such a good mood. So whatever. Okay. So we've talked with women about this. Yeah. Uh, mine and Danette's strategy is when we're having a bad day, we tend to overdress Same. so that it light and wear color Same. because then it'll light you up and then you feel better and you walk better. Yeah. And sometimes you're faking it till you're making it, which yeah. I know is confusing to be saying, let's live the authentic life. But sometimes you do kind of have to suck it up and push through it. And I feel like clothes are art. And there's yes. such a great combination. We're going to be at Memorial Antiques and Interiors next week. Oh, cool. And we're talking to Natalie Arise with the Impeccable Fine. Because art and fashion are so interwoven. Yeah. I mean, you are covering both for the Chronicle. You probably see that. We had our most amazing collaboration in that vein was we gave... 10 Louis Vuitton vintage bags to the Center for Contemporary Craft and their artists and residents translated them to pieces of art. Some oh, of cool. which were um, pieces of jewelry or bags, but some of them were just objects. Okay. And it was incredible. I saw that you just wrote about Gucci and what they're coming out yeah. with. And we're seeing that with so many fashion houses moving into home goods. Yes. Yeah, I think to what like to what you said, um, like true fashion is a work of art. And my, I think my favorite quote from the Double Wars Prada is when like Stanley Tucci's character is, you know, like art is something that art. What fashion is greater than art because you live your life in it. And I think, oh, God, Danette, take that down. That's a good one. We <laughs> gotta put that quote I, on. I, mean, I didn't. It's, he said it, but like I, but I yeah. feel in that same vein. Like that's why it translates into objects. Yes in your home like I think like a well-appointed home is a mixture of things that they should bring you joy you should look at them and you know lay on them and like you know it should bring you joy to you know interact with them some of my favorite pieces are from my favorite heritage brands like in my house like um I have like you know a Tiffany blanket that I embroidered in like Tiffany blue that Aww. says like um this must be the place and like when I see it, I think about how much I love that brand, but also it says like, you're home. It's not a bracelet, you know, um, but so, but I also have, you know, like my Tiffany blue mug. I think there are just so many different ways that the things that we love to wear can translate into just happiness around the home and to what you said, like a great outfit can change your day. When I'm in a bad mood, I put on pink or like a print. Um, I, I They used to make fun of me at the office because I would wear white every Monday. That was my uniform. It was just kind of like fresh start, clean like it put me in a like let's go mood and they're like you know it's monday she's in white i think like clothes have that power but also as we're at home you know if you want the same beautiful objects like in your house like why shouldn't your coffee mug be beautiful you know what i mean like and people make fun of me when they come to my house but i'm like these are these are my things i have to look at them every day and use them every day why shouldn't they be beautiful and like reflect who like who i am and do you think was that okay so you grew up in Cy Fair mm -hmm. which is not a place that people think of as being beautiful but you moved to New York mm -hmm. but one of your favorite places I've read is Park City Utah <gasps> I so, love Park City so you like a multitude of different things yeah yeah I think of um I feel like I'm gonna quote a lot of people and I don't mean to but like 
I feel like someone asked Tom Ford because he grew up in Texas. Oh, and yes. Like, what was it like growing up in Texas? Mm-hmm. Like, being who you were and over the top. And I was like, I thought I was fabulous and everyone else was stupid. And like, that's <laughs> like how I felt. Like, in, in high school, I'd drive into town with my friends and shop the vintage stores on Westheimer and, like, cut up my clothes. And, like, I didn't care that everyone else is, like, in Old Navy flip-flops. Like, <laughs> I wanted to wear tulle. And, like, that's just, like, kind of carried through. And I think I, I like Park City because... I feel mm-hmm. like everyone in, from here goes to either Aspen or Utah, mm-hmm. and I've been to both, but I feel like Aspen is stylish, but in a different way. It's mm-hmm. a little, it's, I love it, but it's a little bit more like formulaic. Mm-hmm. Like everyone wears the same wool hat and like the same mm-hmm. cape and the same white jeans, and I mm-hmm. love all of that, but I think there's a little bit of like, is it anonymity? I can't, I can't say. I've only yes. had a few sips of coffee, but... There's, there's a little, because like there aren't so many people that you know there. Yeah, so you can be a little bit more under do, the radar. Do what you want. It's a, what I like to do when I go there, don't laugh, I almost wore a different outfit today. And I like to test drive outfits in places like that because like I'm not going to see anyone. So like, oh. I have like, this wonderful vintage this time. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to style this yet. I'm not sure. Like uh-huh. it's, it's an old. I wore it for the first time over just like different things to figure out what worked. Like, you know, and being able to do that there. And I also think Park City has some amazing vintage. And they also have some really good um, jewelry shops. And so I like to go there to get pieces. Find everywhere else. I actually met a vendor, a jewelry vendor that I love um, at the rodeo here. She'd shown every year for three years. I think the store is called Bling Crossy. Okay. Um, it's on the main street. And I met her at the rodeo. And so now I go and I get a lot of mm-hmm. turquoise from there. And so, again, there's a little bit of, like, you yes. can find things there. But, the, I mean, the vintage is insane because, like you're saying, it's not a big fashion town. So no one is going to go there and buy 10 things to ship them all home but, like, you and me. And exactly. So it, it's, like, ripe for the picking. And now everyone's going to do it. So whatever. But, I mean, people dress up at Sundance. There's really cool. They make a lot of jewelry in-house there. There's, like, mm-hmm. silver welders and stuff. And so it's a great place to get one of one-of-a-kind things and bring them back and have everyone be like, where'd you get that? And mom's the word. Now, I've spilled it here. I've spilled here. But, like, <laughs> but like that's but that's why I like to go there. So that's what, actually, that's how our business started, was I was traveling all these places. I was buying for myself. Friends were saying, well, will you buy for me? Yeah. And then it just broadened. And now that the world has changed with COVID, we can't wait for the doors to open. But it also... I'm so inspired by what I see in other cities. Yeah. The streetwear, not who bought off the rack and wore it as the designer did it. Yeah. That is taste and wealth, but like real style to me. Yeah. Is how you put it together in a different way. And I am the queen of mixing high and low. Yes. I, yeah. And I love right now neon, but I don't know how long it's going to be around. So I just yeah. bought a pair of $69 neon yellow boots from Zara because I want to mix those with a dress I've had for 10 years that might be more timeless and classic sure but then but when I add the belt and when I add the shoes and when I add the bag then you can get the mixture of all that so I think that and I love that I mean we know you're choosing the photographs for me I feel like I do need to cycle through things. Do you feel like there's any women in Houston, Texas that are re-wearing? Yeah. Um, one of my very sweet friends a few weeks ago, 
um, he's married and he was like, I'd like to buy my wife like a few new dresses. Can you recommend something? He's get, you always look like you're not wearing the same, you never wear the same thing oh, twice, which that. is hilarious. Um, funny story, senior year of high school, this girlfriend challenged me. She's like, let's see who can recycle the most outfits before the other one notices. And so we went, I think for, I don't remember how long we went, trying not to to rewear things but in such a, a different way. way that people wouldn't yes. notice and like yes. I loved that and it's kind of like stuck with me. I told like I mean I totally rewear. I know the mm -hmm. last time I wore this. Like but I, I like to space things out or like you said if you throw in a neon boot with it, everything's everyone's gonna be looking at your boot, they're not gonna remember your dress. And so you can dress or whatever it yeah, is. So you can totally yes. so you breathe like new life into it. And I also so my Style icon, oh my god, I just worship her as Lauren Santo Domingo, uh, who, former Vogue editor, Moda Operandi, founder. But she, I mean, and she's the cheekiest person I've ever met. To, just to keep on quoting, I feel like that's my theme. She said this amazing <laughs> yeah. thing that my editor made me write me made me write a story about. She said there are two types of girls: the ones that could make expensive clothes look cheap, and the ones that can make cheap clothes look expensive. <gasps> and I feel like those us. She was like, that. I my, love that. My and editor makes me write about my clothes and I'm like, that's the lead. You're opening with that. And I'm like, but it's, it's, tr it's true. And it's all about like attitude and like how you wear something. Like this Absolutely. ring costs $5. I bought exactly. it. Exactly. When I lived in Austin, living on the drag as a student and I get more compliments about this piece of jewelry than like anything else that I wear. I'll have like, you know, the Dior bracelets. Like all of a sudden people are like, where'd you get that ring? <laughs> exactly. Like, well, you can't, but it was all Exactly. It was five dollars, so I don't think it matters how much it costs. I think it matters like mm -hmm. how much you love it and like feel like you. Okay, so speaking of outfits, you're going to the Astros Gala tonight. Yeah. So you do go to all these amazing things. How do you pick what designer to wear? Mm. You're so great about supporting local. I know you have a great relationship with Dibbuk Peck and yeah. Chloe Dow. We cool. I mean. Tell us about how do you pick what you wear to these things? One, I love a theme. And so when people, when I get invited to something, I'm always like, what's the theme? What do we wear? What, I'm yes. like, I'll ask Richard Flowers, like, what, are your, what does your table look like? Like, I want to, I, I, like, people have put months into planning and thinking about it. Like, I want to, out of respect for that, like, I want to dress appropriately. So for tonight at Diamond Dreams, which has gone from, like, black tie to tonight, it's, like, cowboy chic. Um, Which I have, we love in Texas. We do love that. Yes. So it's like cowboy chic. So they're like, wear a fun cocktail dress in cowboy boots. And I'm like, done. Um, and I have, and because it's the Astros, again, I tried to put some thought into it. So I'm wearing this little um, Carolina Herrera cocktail dress. Um, I'm very excited about it. It's white on top with um, blue and orange, like sequin and beaded detail mm -hmm. on the bodice. And then an orange ribbon and then like a, a, a blue skirt. Because again, I, I, I like putting thought into what, I'm wearing, I think people, um, they appreciate when you put that effort in. Like, they've certainly put on effort, you know, to, to put the event on. Um, Lyle Lovett's performing, so that's really exciting. But with other things... Good old Aggie boy. Yay! <laughs> uh, but also after the year we've had, you know, just everyone's trying to be more, to diversify, to be, like, more inclusive. And so I've tried to be more mindful about wearing a range of different designers. Like, um, d for Tiger Ball this year, I... I, w I I've been wearing a lot of um, Bipu Moapatra, who's like one of my, he's become a good friend oh. of mine. He was in town a few weeks ago and he DM'd me. It was the coolest DM You're of my like, whole life ah! and asked me to lunch um, <gasps> because I'd worn something of his to Museum of Fine Arts and so I couldn't rewear it to Tiger Ball. But the, the theme that year I think was like Incredible India. And so I, I wish I'd had more um, black tie by Indian designers, but instead I wore like 
Vera Wang. Um, but May had been, I think it was Asian American and like Pacific Islander heritage. So I tried to wear as many, mm-hmm. you know, designers with, you know, with that heritage, just again, like out of, out of respect and just in, in the name of like inclusivity. Like I know people are going to mm-hmm. ask me, um, it sounds dumb, but like, you know, who are you wearing? Or like, what's that designer? And so I want, whenever I can, I want to just introduce people to, to just new, new talent, like new voices. I worship David Peck. He's so generous um, with his time, mm-hmm. you know, in, in Houston, he gives so much to nonprofits. And so, um, I, I try to support him whenever I can. Even sometimes I'll have a dress that I don't love and I'll take it to him by another designer. I'll be like, David, like, let's put your touch on this. Like he, he's added like oh. straps to things for me. Like, I remember I had like a black and white gown that just didn't feel quite like me. Um, and I loved, um, it was like two years ago when like the black velvet ribbons were everything as like shoulder straps. And so yes. I had him add a very long dramatic <sighs> on both sides like straps just to add like a local touch to like a, a different designer but i mean he's just the best and we we're so fortunate to have him and, and call us one of our own and i notice it really when i travel is that our city is so multicultural and i notice when i go to a birthday party like everyone there i guess because we're oil and gas and we're such a melting pot um but it, it's it's incredible. And then that's what I love too, is the styles of all those cultures being woven. And now we're finally more aware of that in fashion and we're embracing it. So I think it's great. We're doing these, um, the tiger ball. I stalked your um, Instagram and one of my favorite pictures is you and Len Wyatt in your orange. Do you know what event oh, that was? That, I think it was Manila Rothko, right? I think so. Yeah, I do remember that. Um, that is, oh my God, I love that dress so much. It is vintage Dior. It's Galliano Dior. You can't see it, um, but on the side, there's there's 60 cloth buttons. Like they're they're out of silk and they're so hooked. So you a dresser, so basically. I have, sometimes it's just me, like hooking <laughs> as far up like as I possibly can um i love that dress it takes a good nine or ten minutes to get like all of those to go up and so i have to try not to like sweat in it it's like it's it's silk it's like an iridescent silk um charlize theron like wore like a a pale yellow version i feel like uh-huh. the golden globes a long time ago but anyways i got that at the salvation army chic boutiques yeah, here. <gasps> i get a I've lot never been to that still i bought a lot from the woman's home because they have yeah. the cottage and we used to do um, i love the chic boutique sale i go every so year good, they I've usually heard. let me yes. go in a few days early and they only let me get three things and so yes. i feel like when i shop i black out i want so many things that like yeah i, just, I literally like black out um and i've got once i got like a, a a YSL with like the Reeve Gauche, like one of the original labels there. I um, in like black silk. Um, it's like an evening gown, but just like the skirt, very narrow with like a slit. Uh-huh. This last time I got um, a men's Burberry wool navy blue trench coat, original tags on. Um, even have a little Peter Hanger ski moths out. It like drags the floor and set my tanner. Grab it in the sleeve and take it. I mean, like I, I clean every year. I just, it's, it's, it's the best. I love that, like, I love that, it, like, they, the women's, the volunteers, the whole year, going to different mm-hmm. women's closets and being very um, selective about what they choose mm-hmm. and, like, everything that sells goes to charity. Like, I just, I think it's just such a, a thoughtful way of, mm-hmm. I don't know, connecting so many communities and then you feel good about buying 
I, Chanel flat. You just feel good about what you're purchasing, but it's also so special because it comes from the closets of women that you know. And my favorite thing about antique jewelry and you know vintage mm -hmm. is that like it's like vintage furniture to me. I like to envision the woman who owned the things before yes. I did. Where did she wear you know that cocktail ring? You know like where did she buy that dress from? Like what occasion was it for? Like I, I just like and oh my god, um, in the little Chanel cardigan. The woman who donated it tucked, oh, this makes me sad. Um, she tucked her business card into like um, one of like the pockets and I didn't discover it until like I wore it many, many times. And it said like enjoy, I think, with like an exclamation point. And so I Googled her to see who it was and unfortunately she passed away. But I think Aww. like what woman like gives away this Chanel cardigan and knows that someone's gonna buy it and just like puts a little memento on the card. I just like, I feel like the life of the woman who owned the garment is like totally breathed into like the fabric and it's so fun to wear things and just like daydream about who owned it before me. I love it. So one of my most special pre-owned purchases was a hat that Joanne King Herring oh. don or, uh, donated to the women's home. Mm -hmm. And it is the fabric of the brown with the white polka dots that Julia Roberts wore. Um, at the stomping of the divots and yeah. pretty woman and it has this great sash that goes with it and she signed the interior of it and joanne's just done so many amazing things mm -hmm. for the world i mean for our city um and so yes i feel so connected to her and you are so connected to charities how do you pick like is there something that has your heart or every time do you go does your heart melt and like, tell me how you even choose, like, where you can commit your time and your energy and your yeah. love because it seems like you're giving to so many. Well, for work, I, I try to keep it um, as newsy as possible. So for uh -huh. coverage, I go for um, what really speaks to, like, a need in Houston's communities right now. Um, what's going to be newsy as far in terms of like fundraising or like you know the headlining performer like a lot like you know obviously tonight i love it's performing that's really cool um a few weeks ago um a hospital emailed me and just like heads up this is gonna be we're, we're gonna break a financial record like so people uh, have yeah. started to realize that like i need a news element so that's what kind of steers me mm -hmm. coverage wise in terms of like organizations that i feel personally connected mm -hmm. to um a big one is food I just feel like um, food is universal. If you're hungry, you can't work, you can't concentrate in school. Um, and so organizations that are food related, like Second Servings um, or our food bank are really important mm -hmm. to me. Second Servings takes you know the food that's been prepared but isn't served from galas, weddings, et cetera, mm -hmm. and gives them to places like the women's home. I think that's mm -hmm. so smart because as much as the galas I go to are beautiful, they're very excessive. And they yes. can be wasteful and yes. it, it, I hate the idea that this gets thrown away because in a lot of hotels and event venues, they can't even give them, you know, to the servers or the staff. And so knowing that an organization like Second Servings comes behind and is able um, to actually use those is very mm -hmm. meaningful to me. Um, also, you know, things like Dress for Success are obvious reasons because, you know, these are women who use Dress for Success often are transitioning out of poverty or prison and they're going into their first job interviews. and. As you mentioned at the start of yes. our conversation, like 
the outfit makes the woman sometimes if you're trying to fake it until you make it and I really think that if you're going into an interview um, and you have on something that you feel amazing in and your yes. resume is in a great briefcase you might get a job like you might get that job and so I, I love that they give that they give the, those women that extra that extra layer of confidence so that's really important to me um, the other, I also, I got a brag on our, our Houston rodeo. Like growing up, I wanted yes. nothing to do with it. I was like, this is cheesy. This is this, this is that. Living in Austin and in New York, I came back and I was like, I've been sleeping on the rodeo for like my whole life. And I think what people don't understand is, yes, it's a concert. Yes, it's barbecue. Um, yes, it's, you know, the, the competitions. But all of that money raised goes to, to students in scholarships. Every single penny and like they raised like I think this year they raised 21 million dollars during a pandemic and the entire organization is run exclusively by volunteers, volunteers. unless yes. it's like a you know a paid exhibitor or something like it's all volunteers and so I'm working on Houston Gives which is the Chronicles annual roundup of who is giving back and I had to talk to a young lady a few mornings ago mm -hmm. um she's from Waller which is like the, the the town next to Cyprus where I grew up her parents are older um, and she knew in high school that they would not be able to pay for her college. They had nothing saved. Her dad works um, two jobs, you know, like even now. And she, you, I could hear like tears in her voice. And so I started tearing up. She was like, I've been so stressed wondering mm -hmm. how am I going to pay for college? And she is a scholar. Um, she was not involved in the rodeo and her, her counselor said, they give scholarships to kids who aren't, you know, exhibitors. So she applied and she got one of their Go Texans scholarships, which is four years, um, $20,000. And it, it covers her schooling. Only 79 kids get that. And it just like, you could hear in this girl, I mean, she's a sophomore and she's driving, she's working full time. She's in school full time. She's like, has a really cool degree and like a double minor. And like, I'm talking to her and she's driving from school to class and like being able to have that money, like that, that great, like it allowed her to go to school. And I just, so I just think it is so important. It reminds me of like, it kind of brings me down to like, gals are cool, luncheons are awesome, but like at the root, my beat and what Houstonians do allows other people to come behind them and to keep, you know, getting their education and, and all of this stuff. And so I'm just really thankful for our rodeo and what they do to, allow talented Texas students, you know, to get, to get that education. And it is heritage and culture. Yeah. I mean, it's such a slice of life that you don't get love it. in I another love place. It. So, um, tell us one of my favorite quotes also from you was that you don't like small talk. Oh my God. I hate small talk. Okay, So girl, I mean, that's, I think the thing that so many people like say of the women who lunch, the ladies yes. who lunch is that it's yes. small talk. And I'm in the process right now. I don't even know if I told you I'm writing a TED Talk. Oh, I didn't know that. And it's called Living the Authentic Life. And one of the things that I mentioned, I said, as a fashion girl in the beginning, one of my goals, every event I went to, I wanted to find one person that I had meaningful conversation with Yeah. that I could take away and have something other than where to go on a trip, which can yes. sometimes lead to sometimes. meaningful yeah. conversations and I love your, I mean, it can start with, I love your outfit. I've seen those yes. lead to, but it's got to go deeper. And you, everyone knows you, and it's hard for you to remember everyone's name. Yeah. Like, how do you get to meaningful conversation with people? Because I think that's what we missed during yeah. COVID, is that real connection. 
y'all i am the worst this is like one of the things i hate about myself like i am not um i feel like texas women have really great manners and like, <laughs> i just could care less about keeping up appearances i just i i sometimes try to fake it and i i really can't without like some white wine or a burp i just i can't do it um and so i feel like some of my friends are so embarrassed when they're out with me at parties because if someone just like goes if the small talk starts i usually look for an excuse if i can to like uh -huh. walk away I, i'm gonna because it just quotes baby quotes but my, one of my one uh -huh. did she was by a girl who wants to talk about the water and i'm like <laughs> if you if you if you even if you walk up to me and go weather, god it's hot i'm like is there nothing more inter <laughs> like more interesting and i think it's it's a skill that some people have. Like mm -hmm. if a lot of people are not comfortable on some of the s settings that we're in, so oh, like it's hard. I, I think it's very gracious when someone says to someone like, "Are you from Houston originally?" For me, I if sometimes I hear that phrase, I will like my, I, I will say my favorite drinking game is to take a shot every time someone asks like I get asked the same three questions in the in a row. Are you from Houston originally? How long have you been with the Chronicle? And like, did you study journalism in school? And so I just am like, my drinking game should be, I get a shot every time someone Everybody asks me that. Somebody ask you the stupid question award. But that's a me specific <laughs> thing. There is value in that because it's a yeah. very inclusive way to bring people into the conversation. Mm -hmm. But I also think to what you said, we've been apart for so long. I do not want to, like, if I've not seen you in nine months, I don't want to talk about the fact that it's raining outside. How are you? How's your family? What did you read? What did you cook? Like, I, I want to know, like, what have you as a person been like doing? What do you like? Like, I like, what are you looking forward to? Where are you going? Like, I think like, have you been on any trips lately? It's like you said, like a very entry level way of having that convo, but like first plane, like first plane you get on, where are you going? Like, you know what I mean? But that's a more just like energized way of having those convos. But again, I just think like, I've realized that life is too short just to like go through the motions. And so I don't want to talk about blase things like I didn't put on a full face of makeup and you know some jewels to you know to, to do that like if we're gonna be out like let's be out and I think like one of the things I loved about New York is like they have really perfected the art of like a dinner party or like yes. in France like going out to dinner and sitting in a window and like talking not just like checking in and ask, asking like basic questions but like uh -huh. it's it's going spending time with people is an event like you dress up for it like you put time and effort into it. And so like those interactions reflect that. And part of me really wishes that Texans could eliminate some of like the, the, the sugary sweetness and just like have more, like you said, authentic interactions mm -hmm. with each other. And so I don't know. I think my manners may have fallen even more to the wayside. <laughs> like during the pandemic, I'm really, I'm really going to try, but not, not that much. I like, I want to know how people like really are like, good or bad like like what are you into like how like how's it actually going like, like yeah what are you what's, like, how's yeah, life evolving for because a lot of people's lives have changed yeah so much yeah with what's been going on are are you feeling like things are coming back i was devastated that so many things keep there's continuing mm -hmm. to be delayed postponed the biggest um event the chronicle does Best dressed mm -hmm. again postponed. What do you think yeah. is going to happen with all that or other events the Chronicles doing? I think best dressed um, is still TBD. I think my other personality default. My friends will also agree with this. Is that like I hate canceling. Like I just to me 
you make a, like, it's like putting something on your calendar, like, at work. Like, if you mm-hmm. tell someone you're going to do something, then you're doing it. And so canceling for me just, like, make, like grates my teeth. And so obviously there are extenuating circumstances where you're yes. in, like, a once in, like, a generation. Not even that. Like, it's the equivalent of, like, a 500-year flood. Like, what we're all, like, living in. Yes. So there are extenuating circumstances. And mm-hmm. people feel like it's unsafe to gather by all means. Like, do not, like, hold an event. On the flip side of the coin, um, I think because we live in Houston, which has the Texas Medical Center, like the biggest, mm-hmm. I feel like, in the world, Houstonians are going to be canceling large events in a way that I don't quite see in other markets. And I also feel like as a person who's out, what I read is different from how people are, like, living. Like, I, like, like yes. I read, like, pandemic, everyone's staying home. And then I, like, go to Whole Foods or to dinner, and I'm like, I can barely get a reservation. Like, it's like, so I think, like, there's like two worlds of people who are very afraid and, you know, with, with reason who are staying home and are reading how scary it is. And there are people who are living their lives. And it's kind of weird as a, as a reporter to be like in the news, just like reading it all the time and like in it and then to leave my house and like go to Austin and like see more people on the West six that I've ever seen in my life. And so it's just kind of like, I think it's, um, I think it's a personal choice at this point. Point. I think we are very fortunate to live in the U.S. and have access to vaccines, and I encourage everyone to do to get them because it's the fastest way that we can all get back to normal. But I think we, I also don't want to discourage people who have done what they've been told, who stayed home, who wore masks, who got vaccinated, and who are now ready to get back to their regular lives. I think like mm-hmm. make make your own choice, but like please don't go after people like for for you know make, for choosing for choosing. I think choices, that's the hard part, right? The judgment that so many what they've people. been told. Yeah. Well, and um, I love this when you said, "What is your greatest fear?" You said, "Living by fear instead of by faith." Yeah, yeah. I just mm, that's like a like I I am fortunate because I feel like if when I, like 10 year old Amber made a list of all the things she wanted to do and like I've crossed off a lot of those but as like I'm entering not like as I'm getting older and I look back and you know a lot of my friends are re-examining their lives I feel like a lot of people have a lot of regrets and they're looking back and being like I never did this or I thought my life would look like that and so I'm really fortunate that I don't have a lot of I don't have a lot of those holdbacks and so um, and, but I think a lot of the faith part is just like, you know, I'm openly, you know, like Christian. A lot of my decisions are guided by, you know, out of faith and prayer and being convicted. I feel like, you know, this is what you should be doing. This is where, you know, you should go or live or whatever. And so like that guided a lot of my decisions. And so I think like my life in a way turned out the way that it did because of that. And so because you envisioned it, yeah. because I mean, yeah. and you so, became what you wanted to be. And I, I don't want to discourage. I feel like there's no, there's, you can always start over like, but I think yes. there's no, but I, think even if you start over, it's, it's always going to be scary. There's always going to be like, what if there, nothing is guaranteed, nothing is certain. And so I'm like, I just, if, if you feel like you should be in a certain place or doing a certain thing, you have to jump off a cliff. You have to have faith, whatever that looks like to you. That like, if that's if it's meant to be, it's gonna it's gonna happen. Um, my mom, like growing up, I'm the oldest of four, and like I did wild, like I, I did wild things. I dropped out of A and M and like moved to Austin like a month before I guess like <laughs> like that new I guess like semester started because I just felt like this wasn't the right place for me. I need to go where I need to go. And she's like, what are you doing? I moved to New York because um, I went 
for Fashion Week and I came back and I lost my job and I was like, well, I think this worked out because I want to live in New York. And she's like, are, are you insane? And um, I, 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 I wrote out a proposal and I asked my parents for a loan and I told them when I would pay them back and they were like, absolutely not. And so I drove, I, I drove from Cyprus to Austin and on the way I thought of what can I sell? What odd jobs can I take to make that amount so I can move in a month? And I like, when I got home, I emailed my landlord. I'm like, I'm moving in 30 days. Like I will find a replacement. And I just, I literally spent every day applying for jobs um, and selling myself on Craigslist and taking odd in jobs. And like, I moved to New York with two suitcases in a box and 11 job interviews. And I didn't tell my parents. My brother saw it on Facebook. Um, and so he called my mom and like, it all worked out. But like, and at the time my parents were furious with me. They're like, what example are you setting? Like, for your but siblings, you did but it. I, but I knew, and so, you had a plan. so now, so now yes. it's my mother's favorite story, like, <laughs> and holidays with her friends, and now, and now, my, my siblings are pretty fearless. I'm so proud of them, and my mom's like, that's because they had you being, being a clown, <laughs> you whatever you wanted, but, but now I feel like my siblings are all very, they're all like very like self-realized people. You know what I mean? Like they grew up yeah. to be like who, like who they are. They're they have very strong senses of self and i think that's that's undervalued i think like in our society mm -hmm. period people go along to get along which is fine but like why would you want to just be like mm. the vanilla version of yourself like be the sprinkles version of yourself or like the chocolate chip cookie dough version like you should be like wh like who you are and i just i don't know i just think life is too short to be basic like to you know like I, that that's just like how I okay feel. so not everyone agrees with that I'm my sorry. last quote is that you said that you about the current job you have, you said you drafted in the opening line, it said something like former Voguette for Houston Chronicle Society opening. Yeah. And yeah. like the fact that you just asked for it, that you created this plan, it is the one thread I see with everyone I interview that yeah. I believe is living authentically. They visualized what they wanted and they went for it and they didn't stop until they, they might be moving, the path might be different, yeah. but they went for it. I think especially as women, we wait for people to give us things, to offer yes. us things, we can graciously accept them. But I think in certain, in certain circumstances, um, no one's gonna give it to you, you kinda have to take it. And I felt, and I, I was 30 days into working at the Wall Street Journal at WSJ, and someone put in my ear, you know, my predecessor was leaving her job at the Chronicle, and like I always thought if I came back to Texas, it would be uh -huh. for the Chronicle, because that's the paper I grew up reading, or go back to Austin, because I loved it there. And, you know, Shelby Hodge, whom I adore, um, Louisiana girl, um, had that job for years. You know, Maxine Messenger had that position for decades. So it yes. has this, like, overwhelming sense of, like, if I don't get it now, like I might never get it. And so, yeah, I think I, I wasted two days and I went out and I got some champagne courage and I drafted at 1 a.m. to my now boss. I love that. And I, I was just like, what is gonna, I'm, I'm like, I'm sure hundreds of women that she actually knows are applying for this job. What can I put in, you know, the, the, my, in the email that, you know, in the subject line that will make her open this tomorrow morning when she gets into the office. And so I said, I think it's like former Vogue stylist question mark for Chronicle, like society, whatever I did, dot, dot, dot. And I timed it because you can time when you send emails for like 901 or something. So like, because I know that's when in the industry people open their emails and I sent it. And three days later, she responded with like, 
Hi Amber, thank you for applying. If you want to move back and talk about freelancing for this position, we'll do it. And so I was like, I'll be home in 30 days. So I did the reverse of what I did. When I moved to New York and I emailed my roommates, I'm like, love y'all, I'm moving back to Texas. And I packed up all my stuff and I moved back with just that email. And it's crazy because she didn't email me back for like a month and a half, two months. Like I, I, I'd be like, I, I'm back in Houston whenever you're free. Um, a few weeks pass. Hey, I'm sure you're super busy. I can bring you coffee. Let me know like you want to come to the office. And eventually she was like, hey, you want to come in this day? Like whatever. And I walk in. Um, and we sit in her office and she talks to me for a few minutes, hands me a sack of invites and she's like, start. And like, I would, I started, you know, like in my parents' kitchen in Cyprus, driving into town for an event, you know, sitting in a little coffee shop, filing the story until they're like, okay, this girl can actually, yeah. she can, she, she can, can write more. Yeah. Bit. And, but it, it grew from there and it was so crazy because again, my mom and I are so funny now, but at the time she's like, you were insane. She's like, start applying for other jobs. She was like, be a teacher and you could like do a blog on the side. And I was like, no. I'm getting this, this job. I'm going. And like, I just, I just waited it out. I like, that was, that was a time where I was overly, I was polite as heck because I wanted the job. I was just like dripping in honey all the time. And like Melissa and I laugh about it. Like all, whenever we're at an event together and like tell people ask like, how did this happen? I'm like, tell her the story. I'm like, the crazy, crazy email. from New York. But like, that's how it happened. That's so good. Well, you are 100% living the authentic life, girl. Oh, this has you. been so incredible. Is time up already? It's already up. It's I'm been 45 sorry. minutes. I talk too much. You talk beautifully. And what I love is you tell stories. And that's what I you like do for a living. With you. I feel like we do this whenever we run into each other. We do. So it's fun and to it, have it's it. just good to tell stories. That's where yeah. the connection happens. Yeah. And you have so many great stories. And then we need to have champagne and you can tell me the real stories. Yeah. <laughs> no, I will. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Big hugs. Thank you for having me today. It's been a real pleasure to kick off. And I think it's going to be a fun day to start it this way with you. Yes. So this weekend, oh. the Houston Chronicle, colorful inset. Yeah. Sunday we, edition goes on sale. Yeah, we have a beautiful quarterly um, luxury magazine called The Page. It comes, it's on newsstand September 12th. It's our fashion issue. Um, you were so gracious to bring so many goodies from the store to our shoot. Um, and she's one of your, it's like a Dior, like um, yes. crossbodies on the cover along. There's some really good fashion in it. So please check it out. I yes. think it's, it's online too. So thank you again for, that was a fun day. Yay. That was a fun day. All yeah. right, guys. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye. Bye.